and welcome to a very special episode of the Two Baggies One Light Ball podcast. I'm your host Max, and usually with me is co-host Dom, but today's episode is a bit different. It's episode one of The Sit Down, a podcast show where we sit down with guests to talk football and West Brom amongst other things. Today I'm joined by the first guest, Dan Whitehouse. Dan has been part of both Wolves and Warsaw Academies and went on to do a post-16 course at West Brom, which took him on a new footballing journey. Listen as we talk about his journey, mental health in academy football, and West Brom's Premier League chances. Both me and Dom hope you enjoy this new series, and we hope to do more guest interviews. Be sure to follow at Arbin Opinions on Instagram and get involved. Enjoy the episode. So just a bit of background for you guys. Uh, me and Dan, we grew up together. We started playing football around the similar time. I remember uh, one of our friends, uh, Daddy, he started a football team. Yeah, and he did. came to us uh, and we started our, our journey. Or, well, you, obviously your journey's quite far, <laughs> far further than mine. Uh, at Nest. Wren's Nest, yeah, under sevens. It was we was about year two, I think it was, which I think is under seven. So, yeah, I, I, me- I remember it happening, then. to be fair. Like, we were just in the playground. Yeah, and like, oh, yeah. we think about starting a football team. I was like, oh, okay, we'll play football. We'll give it a go. <laughs> um, and then we kept going. Um, I remember there was, t- when, there was times where Dan was splitting his time between being a youth, uh, a youth academy player. And we were like, oh, he's done at training today. Yes or no, he's at Warsaw or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then I stopped because I, like, I was playing more tennis. Um, and then you just kept on going and going. Uh, so if you want to take us through your journey, Dan, uh, starting at Wolves... Well, I think going back to Ren's Nest, I think from our very first game, I think it was 18 0 we lost. So I think from oh, there, actually, yeah, I remember from that. They've come a long, long way. Yeah, they were wearing like a, a like a it was purple and red kit. And it, it was looked like it? Crystal yeah, Palace. Yeah, yeah, My was. cousin was at that game actually. My eldest cousin Dan, he was randomly at that game, and we got battered 18 0 Yeah, we've come a long, long way since then. So yeah, I feel like everybody started at Ren's Nest. Um, you know, it's like Sunday League, such a great place to start. Everybody starts on the same level, mm-hmm. and obviously, like, yeah, it's just enjoyable at that age. You know, you're young, you're learning. It's a great place to start. Um, couple of years, well, round under eight, so I played a couple of games for Warsaw in their development because at that at that age, it's not really an academy as such. It's sort yeah, of yeah. sort of just having a look at people. To be honest, mm-hmm. ready for the academy. So, um, played a couple of games there. Went up to Manchester. Um, Played Oldham, obviously carried on playing for Wren's Nest at the time, and then um, yeah, I moved, I bounced around a couple of more Sunday league teams, um, just try, just sort of trying to move up the leagues a little bit uh, and progress myself. From there, I well, ever since the age of seven, I went to. Do you remember Dave? I went to yeah, went to I a remember goalkeeping Dave. place. Yeah, I remember. Like, so this guy Dave, I can't remember his surname. Woodall. Uh, yeah, so name. I used to play. I used to play tennis at Tipton Sports Academy. Yeah. Um, and then I used to finish there and then go out the tennis court straight onto the back on the football pitch. And this guy, Dave, would have brought this blow up football. And then we'd have <laughs> did, uh, yeah. we'd have football training at the back of Tipton Sports Academy as well. Um, yeah. So you, you were with him doing football training? Uh, yeah, goalkeeping. Goal, goalkeeping. Yeah. So ever since I was about seven, right up until I was about 15, 16, to be fair. Um, yeah, be, being honest, he's probably one of the biggest parts of my development yeah. he's the one who sort of got me into the lot like, sort of sending me wolves his way so i was training at dave's on a saturday morning and i remember he'd, he'd already like sort of briefing that there was a scout coming so this was under 11s i think it was 
So I'd, I'd sort of bounced around a few Sunday league teams and then Dave sort of let me know that somebody was coming to watch. So obviously as you do, nice nice and early the night before. Yeah. Get a big training session. And um I remember I remember his name now, Jim actually. Um Jim something. And then obviously he come and had a word with me and said he was quite impressed and stuff. He said but however he did say at the start, he said, I don't think you're quite ready. Lork to sort of just go for a trial into the academy. And this was under 11. So you this was, yeah, this 10, was under 10, 11. 10, 11, yeah. Uh, that's really, really young. Yeah, and still. I, I, I think as well, you've got to look at it sort of. Obviously, my, I was one of the youngest in the year anyway, weren't yeah, I? So, that's true. Which always, again, sounds silly, but people have programs now, which is literally like late birthday programs. Um, okay. So, See, that, that's something I never did. Yeah. So, you, so, would you be in that sort of like birthday program yeah in between yeah so some clubs one do year it. and the other yeah some clubs do it. it's sort of like they sort of take a lot of people from like august like july august to okay. sort of have a look at them specifically because sometimes though like, well i'll get onto it in wolves but sometimes it's like your physical development and stuff's not quite there because obviously so, so was this sorry to cut you off that's right. uh was this gym was this gym for wolves or was he for wolves uh gym, gym was a uh, wolf scout gym oh, was okay so from there, he sort of he sent me to this. The Wolves have got a feeder club in Birmingham called Football Futures, which a lot okay. of people don't know. I don't think, but they've got a team in um, Birmingham called Football Futures, who's ran by, or was ran by. This was years ago. I wouldn't know if he's still there now, but um, it was run by a man called Leroy. He was like Wolves head scout at the academy at the time. So he sort of had his, you know, had his finger in that pie sort of thing. Yeah. So he, he had all the local people in Birmingham. This was a massive project. There was about four or five teams at every age group. It was huge. And um, I spent a few weeks there and I spoke to Leroy and stuff and he, he sort of thought in those few weeks I'd come on enough to, you know, go for a trial. So he sent me from there. Um. So, yeah, from there I went to, went to Compton. I remember it now, one of my best mates who's still at Wolves. Oh, I remember seeing him, so I felt like comfortable and yeah. stuff. So it's Tyler, I think you've met Tyler. Yeah, the guy. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, so I went into Wolves, and to be fair, there was a, there was only one other keeper. So I fancied my chances, being honest. So, yeah, pre- at, at the club or at the trials? At the trials. Okay. So, oh no, sorry. Yeah, there was only one other keeper at the club, but yeah, um, yeah. So I was there, and I think I spent it was around three months at Wolves. I think it was, but it was a trial at first, six week trial, normal trial. And come to the end of the six weeks, I'd done okay, to be fair. Um, played a few games. I think we we played at a tournament in St George's Park. Places like that against some really good teams at that age. And to be honest, I'll point this out there. West Brom was up there at yeah. that age. Like we played West Brom the one day and lost about eight one in about twenty minutes. So and this is under eleven. Yeah, this was under eleven. So even at that age, there was serious serious talent. Um, Where, did you recognise it? Would you recognise any of the players? I wouldn't played against. I wouldn't, but I know in our year group. It's people like Ray Hantulluk. So okay, just signed a new contract. Yeah, so, so I'd presume that. Well, I know he's always been at West Brom, so I'd presume he was in that team. So either you saved a Ray Hantulluk shot, or, or he's not. Or he's about, not twelve four for us, maybe. So, <laughs> but yeah, I, I presume it'll be people like him. So the yeah, Ray Hantulluk. Um, yeah, I was I was doing all right to be fair, and then after about three months, I sort of turned around to me and said, "Look, Lord, our other goalkeeper." And again, this is going back to like the late birthday sort of thing. He said the other goalkeeper was a September baby. Okay. So in terms of physical development, he was a lot, lot bigger That's 11 than months, really. That's well, almost yeah, a whole it's, year. Yeah, it's 11 months. And yeah. obviously when you're still at that age, a lot of people are still growing and stuff. 11 yeah. months now, it's nothing, is it? But yeah, at that age, like, it, I'll, I'll be honest, he was a lot, lot bigger than me. Yeah. Um, 
and yeah, to be fair, I think that was the main thing. They said technically every like, technical aspects, and that was good. But you know, I think it shows a lot in football these days. Size and like build does matter for a lot of teams, and I think a club like West Brom as well. Who obviously like looking at Tony Pulis and stuff. He's yeah, just it was just big teams, wasn't it? So it's, it's, uh, it's very it, like for a club like um, Manchester United when their youth academy, they'd have Sir Alex Ferguson who'd been there for years. Yeah, and they'd have a constant flow. But I guess with managers coming in and out at a club like Wolves and, and Albion and things like this, um, you never really get a solid foundation of football. Yeah. So the academy style would keep changing to adapt to the yeah. It's the so it's so surprising as well how far down the academy. Like, um, gets based off like the first team, so it, even at that age, at eleven, they're at the end of the day, an academy's goal is to get players into their first team. So even from the age of ten, eleven, their aim is to put you in that first team. So if you don't match that first team system, Lord, it's not for you. Even though technically at the age of eleven, you're probably what ten years away from the yeah. first team. But obviously, everything can change. So when I was at Wolves, there was in the Premier League, but I think it was under Mick McCarthy still. So if you look at the style of play they say like they play now, yeah. It's a lot lot different. So at the time he'd have been after very physical players, where now in the Wolves Academy they're probably not so not so focused on it. More about playing from the back. Yeah, exactly. So don't don't get me wrong, but I think at that age every academy's about that because they want the most technical players they can yeah. everywhere. So but no, um yeah, in in the end they just said, Look, I think you're too small, basically. Yeah. <laughs> so they said, Lord, obviously I'm a week away from the year below and they said a week, you know, a week younger and I think like you're better than the keeper in the lower age group so it's just unlucky but at the end of the day that's football you're going to have it's people's opinions as well so is that something you've you've developed as you've gone through it's just that it's just football yeah yeah it's how you've had to deal with it i think that's the mentality you've got to have yeah. at the end of the day it's all it's it's not personal to you when you're a footballer in in, a, in an academy system i think in some aspects you've got to look at yourself like a number like you're just a number on a spreadsheet there. It's not put like nothing's personal to you as such. It's like that, that's got to be hard to deal oh, with yourself. Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. You you see so you see so many lads who are in an academy since the age of seven, eight, and go all the way to under sixteens, and then it's like oh, we're not offering you a scholarship. So and then it's like you're out on your own. So you've been doing yeah, football since sixteen. Exactly. It's, it's like, I mean, I'm not saying doing one thing makes you worse than another, but. You put so much focus into football. Yeah, exactly. Education yeah. can fall by the wayside. And you end oh, up at yeah, sixteen, and you haven't really not not any fault of your own. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, you well, haven't really put in the effort on your on your schoolwork. Well, exactly. Well, we're coming to the education part because from obviously from Wolves two years later, I think it was. It's a funny story actually about how I got a trial at Wolves. Or the bloke who I used to bore my goalkeeper gloves off was Baggy Bird. Who okay. Um, he died in the last year. Oh, um, yes. Um, was it Albi? Was it, was it Baggy Bird and Albi? And it's then really bad. I can't think of what his name Albie is. Albi pass away. Oh, we should we should know this. Yeah, we should we should know. I mean, rest oh, in Dave. Peace. Dave's yeah. name was Dave. I mean, rest in peace. And um, yeah, Dave used to sell me my goalkeeper gloves. It obviously was Baggy Bird at the time. Well, mm-hmm. it was Baggy Bird till last year, and um, he used to sell me my goalkeeper gloves. And obviously, I'd known him for a few years. And um, he said to me, he said, look, why don't, why don't you come down Warsaw? Because obviously he was he he was a goalkeeper coach at Warsaw, but not like the main one. Mm-hmm. So he said, look, like, come down, we'll have a look at you. And at first I said no. And looking back at it, I'm not too sure why. <laughs> but um, yeah, at, at the time I did say no, but I think it was purely just because my confidence. 
I think obviously coming out of Wolves, and then I, I went playing sat in the league, and I didn't get on great with the manager. I think it was very much like, oh, you've come out of Wolves, like you think you're big time and everything. It, yeah. At that age, like you know, 13, 14, it's not really what you want to hear. So I think my confidence was a bit shot, and I was like, I said to my dad, I was like, I don't come ready. So we left it a few months, and then I went back a few months. I had to buy another pair of gloves, <laughs> and he um, he asked me again. So this time I took I took him off on it. Had a six week trial with Warsaw, but was unsuccessful. Um, to be fair, there I think it was down to more, um, more technical aspects. But what was funny about that trial was so two years later, the goalkeeper who was at Wolves at under twelves, he'd been released. So who was the one I was going up against at Wolves? He'd been released and had actually come to Warsaw. <laughs> so when I went to Warsaw on trial, he was the goalkeeper there at the time. Okay. So, <laughs> so I was like, oh god, repeating itself. And uh, yeah, I was unsuccessful unfortunately. So. From there, sort of bounced around a few uh, Saturday League teams. Spent a year at Stourbridge. Um, really enjoyed it there. There was people who I'd played with before, so really enjoyed my time at Stourbridge. Came across a great coach there. So um, would, you, would you say the people that you had met before and played with before at Stourbridge, had they faced similar yeah. paths to you? They end, they'd been at clubs. And yeah, there was, at yeah, there was a few, yeah. So um, one lad who I keep in contact with now... Um, it was his dad who was the coach, but um, he was at Birmingham. And again, it was the same with him. It was all like physical aspects. So it was like he weren't quick enough and stuff like that. Like, technically, he's unbelievable, fantastic player. But at the time, it was just like not quite big enough, not quite strong enough, not quite quick enough. It's so cutthroat, isn't it? It really is. Even, like I say, even, even at 13, 14, the, like, you know, the scouts and stuff, they're not afraid to tell you. Yeah. Which, you know, in, certain, in some aspects, it's good. It keeps you honest, but... I think at that age, you sort of need people to sort of tell you good yeah. to, you know, get your confidence up. I think at this age, when you're adults, like, you, you will take criticism a lot better. Mm-hmm. But at that age, I think you take it to heart a lot, which I think is what that, that's one criticism I have got of low academy systems. It's just very, very cutthroat. Yeah. It's very honest. I mean, I mean I've done, I did some research. We spoke about this beforehand. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you see a lot of players who... Uh, they are very affected mentally by it all. Oh, 100%. Um, yeah. Some end up in crime because, you know, they might not have the best education because they're focused on football. Yeah, 100%. Or they've had a wage at, at a football level and been released and have a certain lifestyle and feel they want to continue that but only see crime as one way into that. There's so many different stories. Yeah, definitely. I mean, even, even suicides in some of the worst cases. Um, it, it You know, it makes you question, like you said, the cutthroat aspect of it all. And where there needs to be change, if if people stay in contact with you, also from Walls and Warsaw, did did you ever get any contact? How are you getting on? Have you found a new club? Um, Is there any aspect of that? To be honest, no. Um, a lot a lot of the players who do tend to have agents. Being honest, even even at young ages, players all have agents. Okay, I, I did not expect. I expected yeah, it to be like a no, parent doing all. Well. I think a lot of the time it is the parents, but then there's there is quite a few agencies out there who sort of offer support for younger players, and I think it's one of them. If you're a player who's been there for a good few years, and like it's maybe unfortunate circumstances, the will try and sort of sort you out a little bit. It's like a lot. Yeah. West Brom send a lot of their players to Warsaw. Yeah, it and, does seem. And like... Wolves are quite linked with Shrewsbury quite often. Um. But to, to be honest, because I was just on trial, not really as such. Like they didn't, they didn't really make an effort. But at the same time, they have that many trialists for a year. I don't think they would be able to, you know, check up on everybody. Yeah. So 
but again, like I say, I spent a year at Stourbridge. Um, yeah, really enjoyed my time there. And then the next year, the coach of Stourbridge, he managed to sort me a trial at Walsall again. So back in under 16s, he was so okay. two years later. And um, again, spent a few weeks here. And I'd, I'd impressed. And, you know, when I thought this was, you know, third time lucky as such, like I thought yeah. this time it's going to. And the only thing that let me down there was obviously under 16 is his scholarship age in an academy. So, you know, I'd sort of spoke to him and I said, look, we've got two goalkeepers at under 18 level. There's a few under 23s. There's too many goalkeepers there for you basically to move up. Oh, God. So it was, again, you're good, but you're not better than what we've got. So it's like, again, I think that I think that's the hard thing as well. I think, obviously, playing in goal, um, you know, being an outfield, sometimes there's 11 places on a pitch and you yeah. can adapt. You can be moulded to Yeah, exactly. Else. A right winger can become a right back and, you know, it's all about different yeah. abilities where a goalkeeper is a goalkeeper. So mm-hmm. there's only one spot. So at the end of the day, again, I think this is where I've got that mentality. That's football. Do you think so, there's a lot more scrutiny on a goalkeeper um, based on... Because on an outfield position, you obviously flow a lot more. Yeah. But a goalkeeper's more often than not in his box. I think There's it's easier. Things that yeah, to it, it's easier to spot mistakes because yeah. you know if a striker misses a one-on-one, you know you get another chance. Nothing happens. Yeah. Goal stays the same. A goalkeeper messes up, the ball's in the back of the net. However you look at it, yeah. so <laughs> it's not very often I've made a mistake and managed to get away with it. So I think in terms of scrutiny, I think it's a lot easier to pick faults with a goalkeeper than an outfielder. But at the same time, it's easier to sort of flow under the radar a little bit um, it, you know I've known a lot of goalkeepers who play for very good teams but aren't the best themselves but that's because they haven't really had to come up against that much Yeah. so you know there's been a lot of criticism on Sam Johnson this year hasn't there huge huge yeah. criticism some people like him from my point of view I think he's alright well this was going to ask you is, yeah. do you sort of feel for Sam Johnson when he gets a lot of stick or I do do you feel it sometimes there's nothing he can do there or He's good at one thing, just needs to improve on that, and that one thing gets highlighted. Yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's just aspects of his game. I think, yeah. you know, shot stopping and reactions, I think, I think he's fantastic. He's a brilliant shot stopper. He, he's really yeah. good. He, like I say, there's been times this season like, where he's made some fantastic saves for us. Like, reactions. He's kept us in games at times. Yeah, 100%. I, thought, I think I was watching um, watching a video the Albion had put on Twitter the other day, and it was um, his save at Leeds. He's double saving. It's all unbelievable to get back up. But then, obviously, there's times where. Like from my point of view, his worst part of his game is, you know, being in and around his area in terms of crosses and like he's demanding his... Climbing the ball. Yeah. yeah. So, again, perfect example, Huddersfield away. Like he just hasn't really made an effort, has he? Yeah. So, I mean, I, I text you a lot because I know, obviously, you know yeah, far you more about, away, yeah. about football. <laughs> uh, and I'll if something happens and, and a football, uh, a goalkeeper messes up, I'll text Dan and go, is that hard? Should he be doing better there? And then I'll say, to be fair, there's not a lot you can do. Or, yeah, that's an awful yeah, goal I, I, to concede. I think that goal in particular is just, for some reason, he's just tried to block it. And I really don't know why. Yeah. He's sort of just like, automatically gone, oh, this is coming in. I ain't going to catch it. So, do you reckon he's made that decision before the cross is even coming? Yeah, 100%. You can tell so, what, you can tell what his body position. Even if he near me and I can catch it, he's already made the choice to... Yeah, from my point of view, as it came in, because it was a lower one... Um, he sort of took up the position that somebody was going to get a touch on it. So he sort of just sort of spread himself early for a block. But obviously nobody ends up getting a touch on it. And realistically, it's quite an easy catch because nobody's got a touch on it. Yeah. But he, his mentality has sort of readied himself for a touch. 
So obviously from there, and we know what happened. Um, giving everyone heart attacks, weren't it? But... Yeah, uh, yeah. We, we spoke about this on the podcast before, and it was just that that game was a real low point in the season. Oh, I mean, it honestly. all worked out in the end. Yeah, but uh, I mean, at that time, we all thought it was it was doomsday. Um, but from so you've had another trial at Warsaw. Yeah, it was another case of you're good, but we've you're got good, better. But we've got you're better. Yeah. yeah. Um. So where, where's the journey take you after? Second um, foul trial at Warsaw. So to be honest, from Warsaw, I was I was ready to pack it in all together. Being yeah. honest, I, I just thought at the end of the day, I don't think anyone would blame you. For well, that. exactly. I just thought, you know, I said to my mum and dad, and they'd said it back to me. I just don't think it's meant to be. No, mm. I, it just ain't what. It's just not what's planned for your life, sort of thing. So, and I think to be a like say that mentality, I'd accepted it. I thought, you know, what, that's football, and I, you know, you see in a lot of places where it's like. Something stupid like 0.1% of academy players actually, yeah, and that isn't even far off the actual number. Yeah, it's like coming it, to the it's first such team. a nominal, minimal number it's, of players yeah, that become so Premier small. League players. Or... So so small. So I guess having that attitude of yeah, that's I think football. I sort of accepted it. Yeah. I thought at the end of the day, it's one of them you can sort of sit here and like, you know, cry about it, or you can push on with your life and yeah. you know try and make make something out of something else it, so... instead of it being. Oh, I could have made it pro, but it's yeah. I mean, I just, at the end of the day, things didn't work out. Yeah, exactly. And I, I said, yeah, and I you said, said, you're happy with your life at the moment. Well, exactly. And, and I, sit, I sit here now, and I've got no excuses. I, I you know, I ain't gonna sit here and go, oh, I could have done this though. Oh, Not like the classic. Oh, I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'd have been a pro, but I've got a knee <laughs> injury. <laughs> but yeah, um, yeah, I'll sit here now, and it didn't work out. But well, not quite anyway. But um. Yeah, so from there, and this this is really where we're coming to West Brom. West Brom have got a fantastic post sixteen program. Yeah, and basically the post sixteen program going to give them a little shout out to you because they have been fantastic. The uh, the post sixteen program it's basically a football education program with well it's linked with Samuel College, so you do all your training, all your playing, everything at the Albion Academy, um, opposite the Hawthorns, and your education is done in the media suite in the ground. And with one of Samuel College's um, tutors, so yeah, it's a it's a two year program, sixteen to eighteen. And for me, the biggest selling point was it was a second chance, or yeah. well, fourth chance in more. In yeah. my eyes, well, yeah, it was, it's it's a so second players chance. That might not have had that chance, or yeah, been able exactly. To get all that way, it was a way of yeah. And we we had a few we had a few players where it was. You know what I'd mentioned earlier, from the age of under eights to all the way to under sixteens, there was in an academy, and then suddenly it's it's just gone. So it offers such a good opportunity. And talking about the education side of it earlier, this is where you know they sort of had that support, which yeah. some academies might not. So obviously you get um, a BTEC level through, so you're still getting your equivalent to your A levels, while you're still getting to do what you love. Yeah. So I did a pre-season with them. And I might not have spoke to you about this before, but I did a pre-season with them and obviously that's what I was going to do, weren't it, after school? Yeah. And um, I came back to school and I said, look, I don't want to do it. I said, I want to come to sixth form. Yeah. And I, I don't know why, but um, yeah, I'll come back to sixth form and I had a meeting with sixth form and they said, yeah, you can come back and everything. And um, I was on holiday. I was in Spain and the coach rang me and he said, look, he said, like, I've heard that you don't really fancy, but he said, oh, I think you should really consider it. And you know what? I'd had a thought about it. I was on the phone to him for a couple of a uh, couple of hours, and I'll be like, he's been one of my best coaches now. Yeah. You know, like he, he was so personal to the players, and that's where you didn't feel like that number on a spreadsheet anymore. Yeah. And like you felt like a person. 
So like for me, that sort of sold it. And I just thought, you know what? I can either go and do my A-levels and be stressed or... Oh, yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, exactly. And I'm sure, I'm sure end, you yeah. could. <laughs> I'm sure you can vouch <laughs> me on that one. But um, I said I can either go and do A-levels and be stressed or I can still come out with really good grades and do something I love for two years. Yeah. So in the end, I'm, you know, really happy I made that decision. First year, you know, loved it. Got to a got to a final, got to a national final. We ended up losing to Burton Albion, which I'm sure you've seen more absolute clangor at the end of the game. Yeah, weren't the best, and um, haunts me to this day. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I've got I've still got the goalkeeper gloves in my cupboard, and my mum got them out the other day and said, "Oh, look, do you want me to do anything with them?" I said, "No, keep them in there." <laughs> keep them I said, in "I'll that do deep, not want to see corner. them." But um, yeah, first year was fantastic. Went to Spain and everything in a tournament. Really enjoyed it. Um, second year again, really enjoyed it. We had, we did have a different coach the second year, which I think changed it a lot in terms of how personal we got with the first coaches. Yeah. So for a few of us who was, you know, the new players coming in from the year below, obviously it weren't no different to them, but to us it was very, very different. And um, we didn't always agree with this new coach, Baz. But look, looking back, you know what, he was, he was a good coach. He was a good person. And I, I think that's what he wanted us to be. His main thing was he, you know, Albion's, Albion's morals. Not quite sure what the word is. Morals, morals. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, it's not just good players; it's good people. That that's the aim. So I, I think that really sums up the whole exactly. the whole club. It, it, yeah. It's just it's, it's that sort of that family feel. And yeah, hundred percent. It, it's it's um, squad over self. Yeah, it, yeah, exactly. And like I say, it, it was always about being. You know, producing good people, but just like, more than just good footballers. So he came in, and um, I'd had a much better second year than I did first year. You know, I, I made a few mistakes in the first year, but it, it was very different for me. Like I was 15 in that preseason, and there was players who was like 19, touching 20. So for me, that was the first time I'd ever played with older people. Yeah. So you know, I, I did struggle at times, and I, I think a lot of people sort of would at a younger age. And obviously, in the second year, as always, one of the older ones, you know, again, really enjoyed it. Um, ended up coming out with good grades, but again, that's all thanks to the tutors and stuff. That was fantastic. And um, yeah, I was performing, and Baz, who was our coach, his number one was always, you know, let's let's look, let's get you into the game. Post sixteen was a way back into the game at the yeah. end of the day, and we always spoke about it, like. As long as you're back in the game doing what you love, it doesn't matter what level you're at. Like, everybody will always find the level eventually, and it's where you enjoy it. So, you know, people are always go, oh, yeah, but I want to play in the, I don't know, conference or mm-hmm. league, league two. But if that's not your level, don't force it as such. Yeah. Like, you'll enjoy your football where whatever find level, your level you're at. Exactly. Find your, your enjoyment in and, it. Yeah, find it where you if, enjoy if the it. Money, I mean, it's always a, a thing. If, if you're doing something you love, money will often follow. Oh, yeah, 100%. And and for some it might not even be about money. It's just about being able to play football. Well, like, yeah, I, I was gonna gonna mention that. I think that's one of the biggest things. Don't like sort of focus on yeah. rewards as such. Focus on making you better. And I think that's one of the biggest things. And that's the way I looked at it in the second in the second year because I really wanted sort of another academy chance. Yeah. And that was a re- that was really the route I wanted to go down. Then I sort of took a step back and thought, you know what? Focus on myself, and the rewards will come after. So if that chance comes, it comes. If it doesn't, it doesn't. It'll just be how I perform. And if I'm happy with how I've performed and if I've enjoyed it, then 
that's the best route to go down for me. And, you know, fortunately for me, more performances in the end did bring a chance. And um, this is sort of where I got an opportunity at Solihull Moors, which, you know, conference team at the time. So, again, still a really high level to play at. And I thought, you know, everyone's focused on getting Championship Premier League. I think sometimes you got to take a step back and just, again, like I say, find your level. And I felt like at the time that was the level for me. Yeah, so, I, I don't even think National League isn't the stopping point. You've seen oh, players no, in the National League yeah. progress. So, I, I think... I think that attitude just to just to yeah, settle exactly. in at the national league and then you can progress again is yeah. a good attitude to have. And like I say, I all felt like that was my level. So obviously I'd been to Wolves, been to Wolves, so I weren't successful. So I just weren't good enough for that level, which mm-hmm. again is okay because I enjoyed my time there and I got gone solid almost and I, I I felt like that was my level. So I um, ended up signing there. So again, about sixth or seventh time lucky, whichever one it was by then. Yeah. <laughs> but um and I, you know what, as well, that's one of the biggest things, keep going. Believe in yourself, yeah. keep going. And, you know, something will come off eventually. So I went to Solihull Moors, really enjoyed it there. Um, we put, What was different there, though, we played in the men's league as Solihull Moors under-23s, which I think was massive in terms of understanding the men's game. So it's just like now our pro clubs are sort of send younger players out on loan to League Two and that to get men's football. Yeah, that was sort of our. Well, we've seen a couple of that uh, recently. Uh, Callum Morton was on loan at Northampton. Um, yeah, did really well. Uh, I forget his his first name, but Sewell, I think he was at Barrow, I think, and I think he's just gone back out to Barrow. Yeah. Um. So you see a lot of that, and is that the key to just end up? playing against not just people your own age who are yeah football, I, I think you, so you, you come up against some 30 year olds sitting around mm, I think you see a lot of the players who make it these days have had loan spells yeah the players who sort of you know sit in the under 23s it, it's all well and good being on a pro contract in the under 23s but are you going to progress have you ever been tested at, yeah have at you have level? you really been tested and I think sending people out on loan so say like Callum Morton really excels in the under 23s and then takes it to the next level of okay now can I can I can I go and play against people who've had careers and know the game and, which he did I mean, in all, in all exactly and he really in did Northampton he scored at Wembley I think didn't he yeah yeah uh, he did he was putting in a shift and I think he's got a new contract to the Albion as well yeah and I th- that's fantastic for him and you know I hope he gets another loan spell and you know you you can only learn Alex Palmer um, Plymouth last Plymouth, season Plymouth unbelievable most clean sheets in the league yeah exactly and, and promotion you know, again, he was another one. He was just in the under-23s for a few years. Is he really going anywhere with it? And that loan spell sort of opened the door now. And, you know, as you say, people know that he had the most clean sheets in that league. Yeah. So people are going to recognise him for that now. Or yeah. he's he's ready for the next progression now. So, you know, a fair play to him. He's done really, really well. And, again, hopefully he moves up. So, well, he's gone to League 1 now anyway, hasn't he? So... Well, it, yeah, if he goes back to Plymouth... Yeah, that's what I mean. If he goes back to Plymouth, he'll um, be in League One anyway, so... So, the, you think that it's it doesn't even... It's not like a bad thing if he just... He's had a loan spell in League Two, he now progresses to a loan spell in League One or... No, yeah, quite, no. Yeah, I think sometimes, I think that's the way you've got to go about it. Um, you know, look at Tammy Abraham at Chelsea. Yeah. You know, sort of went to... Where did he go first? Bristol City? Yeah, I think so, yeah. It was Bristol City, weren't it? So, he went to Bristol City, performed. So then Chelsea thought his next loan spell would be Premier League Swansea, mm-hmm. where we didn't perform. Which, again, at a young age, is that's fine. It's just about finding your level. There's, there's a lot of pressure to perform. And I, I think in the case of Tammy Abraham, like you said, not performing, but Chelsea didn't give up on him. No, exactly, yeah. It's a, at the end of the day, 
I think at that stage you've just got to find people's levels. So for him at that stage, Premier League weren't his level, and but he'd performed in the Championship. So obviously the easy option was back to the Championship, keep playing the men's game, keep developing, and obviously he's gone to Villa. I don't want to say he excelled because he killed our season, yeah. but. Um, <laughs> But yeah, he um, obviously did all right for he himself. Right, yeah. So he did all right. He was okay. He was okay. But um, yeah, I think that's the main thing. So he found his level. And then, um, you know, going back to Moors, I think, again, for me, that was my level. And I was in a bo- I was in a group of lads where a lot of them had, you know, they was in the same situation as me. They'd had opportunities somewhere. They'd had contracts. Some of them had been there all their life. So that was their sort of first experience outside of academy football. Yeah. And you know, I think it was a it was a shock to a couple of them that you know that everything's not all pretty in yeah. non-league, is it? So you know, we'd be playing some lot absolute farms some weeks. <laughs> so, but um, yeah, I think it was great that we all had the same goal. We all knew what we wanted from each other, and it was really, really good. Um, unfortunately, with Solihull which not a lot of people know now, but. Obviously, I was at Moors the season there. They was doing really well. It looked like they could have got promoted. So it was two years ago, one two years ago. Yeah. Um. Yeah, doing really well. It looked like they was going to get promoted. And they sort of sat us down and said, "Look, Lord, there's a real opportunity for you because we go up, we become an FA, FA funded academy. So I think you drop into about category four. I think that is so. Um. You know, you drop into there. Suddenly, you're all on a contract, and you're looking at breaking into the first team of League Two side. Yeah. So which which to us was exciting. It was an opportunity. We thought, you know, we've all been unlucky everywhere else. This is the opportunity. And our, our team was performing, you know, we was winning every week. I think we'd gone something like twelve wins on the bounce. It was something stupid. And were you starting? Um some of them, yeah. We um because at the time I'm so I was still at West Brom on this post sixteen program. Oh, because so you were doing this. Yeah, the same thing so obviously time. I still had my education and stuff to finish, so okay. I wouldn't be able to train all the time. So you know, obviously, which is fair that I won't play all the time because of that, yeah, yeah. which is completely understandable. So yeah, not all the time, but um, it it was quite even. So you know, I was okay with it. I was really enjoying it. Like I say, we'd won about twelve on the bounce. We'd come up against some good teams in some high leagues to sort of test ourselves in friendlies. Um, you know, like two, three steps above us, and we was competing. So, obviously, we're all getting excited, thinking Solly or Moore's going up. And then, you know, things happen there. And they ended up, like, not going up. And they sort of sat us down at the end of the season and said, look, lads, like, the under-23s at a club like this, we haven't got the funding for that. Like, no, we're not. Obviously, they was banking on being FA funded. So, they said, look, like, the, the under-23s costs us more than it's worth, sort of thing. So, um, I think there was one player... Two players that got offered contracts for the first team, and then everybody else, it was just you're out on your own. So it was just like for me, it was like back to square one. And I think at the end of that one, that was really the one where I was like, you know what, I'm not playing. Like, yeah. I was just, yeah. You know, I thought, I'll, I'll go. Obviously, a lot of our mates have got Sunday League team, aren't they? The, yeah. Ra- the Rangers. Dirty Rangers. Dirty Rangers. And then um, I thought, you know, I'll go, go in, go in and sort of have a mess about with them, just have a laugh, enjoy it now. Because I thought, oh, I don't think it's going to go anywhere. So for me, that was that was it. And um, but yeah, looking back, no regrets at all. Really enjoyed all of it. And you know, I've spoke about it in this show. I think you've got to get the mentality that that's football. 
is that is that hard to do? Do you feel that you're a rarity in that sense? Um, that you can come away from it and go, look, it didn't work out. It sucks, but I'll I'll just carry on Sunday league, and it, it doesn't matter. It's just football. Do you think that's a rarity amongst uh, youth players? You know what I think. I think that sort of come with every letdown as such. I think that that sort of thoughts come with every letdown I've had. That that mentality has grown. Like when I when I got released from Wolves, it was like. Oh, again, I don't think you'll remember it, but like, I weren't in school for a few days and stuff like really knocked me about. And I've, I've, you know, it did shoot my confidence for a couple yeah. of years. So I think at that stage, it was very much like, oh, this is everything. Got to Walsall again, it was like, oh, like, gutties, but I've got to move on. And then by the time you get to like under 16s, and by the time what happened at Solihull Moors happened, I was just like, you know what, I've been in this position before. I know how to deal with it. The world ain't going to end. There's more out there, yeah. I think, which is the biggest thing. Like, football isn't as much as it seems. It football isn't everything. There's so many ways. There's so many different routes in football you can go. You don't be a player. You can be a physio. You yeah. can be you. Like you, you can be in. Media. Well, that, that's what I. That's what I. I found is that I mean, sports is is one of the biggest things in my life. Exactly, and yeah. I was never really good enough or committed <laughs> enough, shall we say, to um to do anything on the. Uh, on the field per se but I thought hold on there's a different route for me here I was always exactly, thinking what yeah. should I do and I thought well, I love football I love sport in general I'll I'll become a, a sports journalist and that, that's go. what I'm training to be that's what we've got the podcast on now we do I'm I'm, I'm essentially I'm doing it mm. I'm, I'm speaking about something I love 100%. And, and I think you're absolutely correct in saying that it's not the end of the world if you don't become a professional yeah, in that exactly. form because you can always express that and it, it is a love at the end of the day for exactly, whatever yeah. you might want to do. You can express that in a, in a different way. And I think that goes back to you have found your level, which yeah. is, again, what we spoke about all show. It's like <laughs> you, you have now found your level. I can never do. <laughs> but like I say, like now you've, you've found your level and you love it. So yeah. it's all about finding your level and enjoying it at the end of the day. And now, um, literally just a couple of days ago, I'm, I ain't going to speak too much about it. I don't want to jinx it. But, um, I'm training with How's Owen this week. So, like, you know, they're 23s and first team there. So, hopefully, there's an opportunity But there. this is what I was going to I was gonna say to you. So, is it the end for Dan White SM football? Um, or is there other avenues? Or... I, I like to think not. Yeah. <laughs> but, as I, as I say, like, I don't want to go into it too much. I don't want to jinx no, it too much. No, I don't think much, anyone but... will blame you for not talking yeah, about it that um, much. Yeah, I was going to say, I've got an opportunity there at Howl's Owen this week. So, we'll see how things work out there. But, again... If that's more level, that's my level, and I'll oh. I'll enjoy it. So I, I think everyone's rooting for you. Thank you. And very I think much. everyone uh, everyone <laughs> hopes you uh you succeed. Um, but I mean, thank you for talking us through the journey. No problem. Um, and I, I've got a couple of questions lined up, and we're we're gonna get into them. Hundred percent, yeah. Dan, was the dream for you always to be a football player? You know what, I think that's one of those questions you could ask any young footballer in the country and I can yeah. guarantee you they're not going to say, oh, I want to be a postman. Yeah. Or, you know, no respect to postman out there, sorry. But, um, yeah, 100%. I think, I think that's the mentality you've got, to, you've got to start with. You've got to tell yourself that's what I want to do because that's where your motivation comes from. Like, so, as I say, ask any young footballer, like, they're always going to say 100%. Like, for me, that is... That's how I saw my life. So, yeah, I don't, I, you. That's what drives you. Yeah, exactly. Say, that's just the having mo- that. Belief yeah, that's that, the motivation. Not, not just ignoring people 
that boy say, oh, just be a bit more realistic. You have to maintain that. Yeah, right. I think I think that's what it is. Like you go to school and like you know, you have that stage at school where they go, what do you want to be when you grow up? And you know, say say in our class, so many people had probably said footballer. Mm. Most of them. I mean, you get to a point where people are saying footballer, and there were five, six, and everyone's going to say footballer. Yeah, exactly. But then yeah. you get to a point where you. Yeah, 12, you, 13, 40, and you've, you've got to start being realistic, saying, yeah. And you've still got people saying, I want to be a footballer, and teachers might go, well, that's ah, not going to happen. Yeah, you, you know what, though, for me, in the back of my mind, it was, I used to look at a lot of people who, say Ben Foster, for example, one of, in my opinion, best goalkeeper I've seen at the Albion. I mean, I, I'd take him back in a heartbeat. 100%, even at the age of 38. I he's think he's, brilliant. I think he's incredible. Um. Even, even like when he played Man City a few weeks ago, I know he conceded four. Could have, could been, have been so. I was going to say it could have been about ten. He was he was unbelievable. But you know, you look at Ben Foster and Ben Foster was stacking shelves in Asda till he was about twenty-one. Mm. So you look at that and you think, you know, that it's it's always an opportunity. I mean, especially for a goalkeeper. I mean, yeah, exactly. It's such a different age scale. Yeah. Compared to the progression of a, a striker per se. And then, um, you know, Simon Mignolet when he was at Liverpool. He never started goalkeeping until he was fifteen, so I think I think that that really does show that it's never too late for somebody. Yeah. So I, I think you know even as you say you get thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, and you have people around you saying you need to be realistic, you need to think about it more, think about your career. But at the same time, I think if you want to go that way, there's no reason there's why you can't. There's nothing stopping you from doing yeah, that. Yeah, hundred percent. So I think for me, even by the time I was at sixteen, and you know, I love it. I'm sure you remember in geography when I used to, to like, she kept keeping me behind after school yeah. for weeks she, you know she said the same it was I was at Warsaw on day release and she said look you've sort of come back and you're not, you're not trying and I, I didn't think I was but you know her opinion but you know it, like fair play to us she sort of took me on a personal level sort of brought me, that, brought me back down to earth and was like look like you're well off it like schooling wise, yeah, which again I probably was, and um, obviously in the end came out came out with an iron geographer, which I can't thank her enough for now. So obviously you're going to get people telling you you're going to be realistic, but at the same time, don't let the dream go if that's what you want to do. That's it's what you striking that balance between yeah realism, realism and, and, and dreaming. Dream. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. Which, which from what what we've been speaking about, it seems that like you found it. And Fairly I mean, if I'm being truthful, yeah. Dan, it, it it's very. And to you, it might just be normal, but for for me and perhaps people listening, it's quite dark for you to go. Oh, at the end of the day, we're just numbers on a page. Oh um, yeah, which, yeah, which is really yeah, hundred percent. Which yeah. is something you must have come to terms with, uh, and it, uh, which is why I think you've maybe built a bit differently compared yeah. to other people because of this journey that you might have took. I think that's just for, again, like just because of being in it and knowing how brutal it is. I think you know you'll ask a lot of young footballers who've been released from academies. It's like, hey, personal was it? Not very. And it isn't at that age, is it? Like you know, in a in a school board program which is under eight, under eight to under sixteens, you're going to have probably what fifteen, sixteen kids a squad. You know, that's like over hundred kids. Like at the end of the day, they can't be personal to hundred kids. Yeah. So it's like you are a number as such. And, um, it's it's striking that balance where I'd like to be treated a different way, but you also understand yeah. that they've got certain well, well yeah. exactly it's like I'd like to be treated personal but at the same time why should they when there's a hundred people so yeah. it's like yeah I think it is that realisation yeah but, well we spoke about like the journey and how it affected you mentally Um, 
did that change as you went on? How, how did you adapt as you went through age group to age group and then eventually into men's football? I think it just toughens you up, to be honest, in terms of like I said, the mental. So I think you learn to deal with criticism a lot better. And you don't, you know, at first when you are younger, talk like a teacher has a go at you at school, yeah. you take it very personally, don't you? It's yeah. not personal, but they're, they're just telling you doing something wrong. So again, same with football. You make a mistake or you're doing something wrong. Like I used to take that very personal. And like you know, it ruined my Saturday. Like it really would ruin my whole weekend if I thought, you know what, I'm one of my own biggest, like, like I give myself the biggest criticism, but from other people, I don't know I'd like it, which was strange because I'd give it myself, but like from other people, I was a bit like, you who know, are you to tell me yeah, that? Yeah, who are you to tell me yeah. that sort of thing? But um, I think as you're older, I think you sort of start to realise that it isn't personal to you. It's just it's constructive. It's a bit of a humble. Yeah, you get humble yeah, as you, you get go humble on to it. Yeah. yeah. So, like I say, I think when I was when I was younger, it used to sort of like upset me and warm me up. But then, the older I got, the tougher I got to it, and you just start to realise it's just help. You might have a point. Yeah, exactly. It yeah, yeah, exactly. And well, it's a lot you say it's adaptation, and you know you sort of bounce through different leagues. So, especially I think in goal, you look at teams now. You look at Edison. It's playing out you look at Pickford. Yeah, they were all unbelievable with the feet. And I, I was um, I was listening to Talk Sport the other day, and there was on about the England goalkeeping position. And for me, Nick Pope's the best goalkeeper, mm-hmm. and they agreed. But Gareth Southgate wants to play it from the back. Now he's not the best. Yeah, playing at Burnley. You when when do you see Burnley play it from yeah, the back? So <laughs> that's what I mean. So it, it's just about adapting. So now if Pope could adapt his game to how Safeguard wants to play, he will be the England number one. Mm-hmm. But it's just, how can he adapt? And it looks like I think that was the same with me. It was just about adapting. So and we spoke about the post sixteen program and it being that sort of second chance for players that might not have been able to have that stroke of luck that others might have. Um, how how big do you think that is in not only progressing your football career but making you making it that little bit more personal and, huge and not being that number on a page you know what I think the biggest thing is it gives you hope so like I say we spoke about the dream and you know you've always got that dream in the back of your mind and the fact that they you know personalise it to you so much gives you yeah. hope it gives you more of a more of a sense that yeah actually I can, I can do it and, you know, my coaches really helped me personally on a personal level. In a lot of aspects, it worked, like I say, it weren't just football. It was about making you a good person. So It helped you feel as if you grew. Yeah, yeah. Time. in those two years, like, like, I didn't only progress football-wise. I progressed on a personal level. Like, I felt like I became a better person over those two years, not just a better footballer. Like, so I felt like they completed their task in being a better person as well. Mm-hmm. So, like I say, not only did they provide opportunities... They also provided life lessons as such. Yeah. Which I think's I think that's unbelievable. And would that be would that be your message to any young footballers out there that if you haven't made it because you see so many people like academy player bought for five hundred thousand pounds at the age of twelve and yeah. stuff like this, that if you haven't made it by sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, there's always different routes yeah. and, and never to give up. You know what a lot of people in football will tell you, talent will not get you there. Talent alone will not get you there. And I think this is what I'm like. This is what I'm saying. Like, talent alone is not going to get you into that pro stage. It is about being, like, like, first and foremost, a good person, and then everything that backs up with it—hard work, dedication, 
even like the education side, I know clubs now do look at that. Because if you're messing about in the classroom, doesn't show you show like shine a light on you as a good person, and that's what people want these days. Like, you know, you see some big personalities in some like pro teams. You know, looking at like uh, Balotelli, yeah, and it's like fantastic footballer when he was going to it, but he was an absolute egg case, yeah, and it you know it shows. You look at Morelos now, at, um, linked to the Albion Rangers. Well, yeah, linked to the Albion, but you know, great talent, but. Dave, that's trying. Yeah. Like, there was a story the other day that Rangers was trying to sort him counselling. Like, he's an absolute nut job. But like, I think now the like the biggest thing is it'll be like, as I say, making good people. Did you ever find that when when you were doing the post that you've seen that they were they were brilliant players, but there was never really that dedication. Um, or they they found more. They yeah, found more fun in messing about than, than the education side of it. I think we had a bit. We had a big. We had a big squad, and on the pitch, everybody was focused. No, no, nobody messed about on the pitch. We had really good respect um, for the coaches and stuff. I think certain people lacked in the education side, but I don't think that was because they weren't, say, like, clever enough or, you know, just weren't very education-based. I think it was the fact that, like... They'd rather be playing football. Yeah, I think, yeah, I think that's what it is. I think it's like, well, I love the football side of it, but I can't really be asked with the education side. And especially in like a Pro 16 programme, that isn't going to get you anywhere. Because I think from Pro 16's point of view, when they're trying to send you to clubs, you might be a fantastic footballer, but if if you ain't... Again, if you're not a good person as such, they're not going to embarrass themselves. There has to be a degree of liability yeah. and be able to get I mean, on. Yeah, they've got to trust you to go to a club and like, not, not behave as such. Yeah, yeah, sort of behave as such. Because at the end of the day, it reflects on them, doesn't it? So, of course. you know, like, it's like a gaffer at a company, he wouldn't, it's not going to send his employee somewhere. He might be a good worker, but like, you know, if he's a bit of a... Bit of a knobhead. Yeah, a bit of a donut, like, doesn't shine a good lot on him, does it? So I think that was the biggest thing. Um, so yeah, like we had a few lads who weren't necessarily education based, but they weren't buying into the balance. Yeah, of education well, you know what? I think that's exactly what it is. It was, buy- it was buying into the project. It was buying into the program, and I think the biggest thing to buy into that program was understand that the football isn't there if you're not doing all the right things off the pitch. Yeah. So your education and, or like, say, being a good person in and around the ground, or showing the right morals. Like the football could just be taken away from you. And I think buying into that programme was that mentality. And I don't think that necessarily came across with everybody. But like I say, on the football pitch, there was fantastic players. But they, had they were hindering the... their chances. Yeah, not yeah, exactly. They hindered it. Education. So say like me, with like Solio Moore, like, at this point, I got my grades. And like, you know, I'll come out with the highest grades I could have got. So... It's sort of that trust in me then that I'm going to go somewhere else and show myself on a good level football-wise, but also reflect on them, of them producing good players and good people, which, uh, you know, shows, I think personally, that that is the Albion. Yeah, so, and I think that's a really, because, uh, again, I don't want to harp on about myself because this is, of course, an interview with you, <laughs> but doing my research into youth football, it, it seems a real rarity having that personal touch and actually saying, look, football's there, you need to focus on the education side yeah. of it because football who says you don't tear something in your knee or, or, you, or your hamstring and you can't play football 
Sorry, we're outside. I don't think we said that in a massive. Maybe just got attacked by a bee. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry. Uh, who? You know, something could happen. You might not succeed, or you might succeed and then get injured. You need the other side of it, and I think that's really refreshing. 100%. And not only does it show that Albion's got a great youth academy, but has a great set of morals that doesn't just filter down into the main one, but also that they they care about yeah. individuals themselves in the post sixteen. You know what? You walk in, you walk into the changing rooms at the Albion in the academy building. Sorry. You walk all around the academy building, all around the academy, so it's just quotes everywhere. And being honest, not a lot of it's to do with football. It's about your characteristics mm. and morals and sort of that level. So it's like, yeah, it's all like your motivational or like a bit working hard and things, but a lot of it's just respect, like treat others properly, work hard, and performances come with that. And do you I reckon think... that's helped you outside of football? Yeah, th- yeah, a thousand Wait, what you've gone on yeah. to do outside of it? Do you reckon that's helped? Yeah, I, I think so. Um, I think I think we got it drilled into us that much that talent alone is not going to get you places. Yeah. So it's all if I go for a job now, even if I know I'm really, really suited to that job <laughs> in terms of what the actual job is. You know, you walk into an interview about I don't know something manual, say. They don't get you to do that manual thing in the interview, do they? They speak to you. So if you're not showing those good characteristics and I've never really good morals, about that, no. that's a really good yeah, way to put it's it. Like, it's like, I'll say, I don't know, going off on a bit of tangent, say if I was going for a welding job, yeah. I know I can weld and I know I'm really good at welding. And they'll assume you can weld. Yeah, but if you go into an interview, they don't ask you to weld. Mm-hmm. It's like they talk to you. So if you're not showing good characteristics, you ain't even going to get that chance. So I think that is the biggest thing. If you're If you're not showing the right things, talent isn't going to get you there. I, th- I think that's just a huge message to, to anyone at any stage uh, and anyone listening. Um, but we spoke a lot about uh, a viewer course. It's the sit down uh, with Dan White else. Um, as a plane goes over top, it is a lovely day out here, so don't blame me for flying. Um, <laughs> but what about the Albion uh, going into the Premier League? What, what do you expect of the Albion? Do you have any predictions, any transfer um, uh, predictions? I don't want to jinx it, but um, you know what? I've got high hopes from this year. I really have. I think I look back at the last season, the year we didn't get promoted. I think you know what, if we'd have gone up that year, I don't think that was our time. Yeah, I don't think we looking back ready. at it, I don't think we was ready. This year, I think there's a much better structure in place, and I feel I'm like Premier League wise, like oh, it's a bad man, it's a bad way to look at it. But I always look at the Premier League as long as there's three worst teams in you, you're okay. You're at the end of the day. <laughs> like, I I ain't expecting us to go up and sort of you know push. Do a Sheffield. Push, yeah, do a Sheffield and push for the top four. I'm not expecting that, but, you know, I've, I've got high hopes for us this year. I, I think, think I think what we've got is the good teams that stay up um, have a really good manager mm. and, and tend to have a really good system in exactly, place. Yeah. And I think we've got that. Yeah. You know, Billich has got his way of playing. I think he will eventually, maybe not this month, but next month, October, he'll have more players to suit that style. Definitely, yeah. Um, and He's a good man, man manager as well. So I think we would have that balance and teams would be like, right, how are we going to play them? Because they have that style. How are we going to attack that? Yeah. And I think versatility is going to be the biggest thing for us if we add that. Well, they were saying on score the other day, like, they, they said the same. They said, they said like, I think we're going to see a very different West Bromwich Albion this mm. year to what we've seen in the Premier League in recent years. So obviously before we had like, one of the oldest squads in the league and then we've suddenly got like, well, not one of the youngest, but a much, much younger and much more team. Fo- it's far more focused on reducing that squad age. Yeah. And I, I think... You know, Bilic's focus isn't 
let's not concede and try and nick a goal. It's like, <laughs> it's like we'll go and play. Let's press, let's get exactly, the ball. Exactly, let's and... press, let's get the ball, let's play. And it's, I think that'll be a lot, lot more beneficial to us than let's see how well we can keep the ball out of the box for 90 minutes. Yeah, and the last question, uh, because you are a goalkeeper, of course, is Sam Johnston good enough for Premier League football or do we need to bring in someone for a competition minimum or someone to take his place? I'm going to say no, he isn't. Pers- purely because, again, shot stopping and that, fantastic, really good reactions. But everything else, I think it just lacks a little bit. And it's, you know, I think the, the Wolves have got the same problem. Patricio, like, good shot stopper, great reactions, but he can't kick the ball over the halfway line. And yeah. it's, you know, it's a problem. <laughs> so, personally, I'd, I'd look at other people. So, you know, two, well, three out of three of the goalkeepers that have gone down to the championship, I'll take any one of them. Aaron Ramsdale. Um, well, they've just had a bit accepted from Sheffield. I'll have that. Yeah. 18.5 million, which is probably out of our price range anyway. Yeah, maybe for a goalkeeper. But in terms, you know, Tim Krull, you know, yeah, I think, he, I think he's been excellent at Norwich this year. Ben Foster, I know he's 38 and he's not the long-term option. Wouldn't even cost but, that much as well. But in terms of this year, next year, I'd look at someone like that maybe. But yeah, I just don't think he's caught it. Quite got it. No, I don't think many people are disagreeing. Yeah, right. with you. I feel like that's who the won't general... know as much about goalkeeping you, but I think a lot <laughs> of people like have the general it out for, consensus. Have anyway, it out so. with Johnson. Well, Dan, thank you for joining us no on, on the first episode. Really of the enjoyed it. Uh, as have I, uh, and I hope everyone else at home has enjoyed it too. Uh, be sure to uh, let us know what you think. Uh, keep sharing, keep subscribing, uh, and follow on Albion at Albion Opinions on Instagram, uh, and uh, up the Albion as always. <laughs>